cast iron pan in the oven. Ah, classic. And I thought I, mean, I put it in the right temperature, but I did not put it too I high. I had to clean the old cast iron last night. I got home and I grilled a pastrami and Swiss on rye mm. uh, in the cast iron. You know how you do? You know. That sounds delicious. It was delicious. Oh, maybe I'll get that tomorrow. Oh, maybe I'll make a room. Look at you. That's basically what I was trying to do. You know what's actually the thing to do to get it more consistent? I got, like, two cast iron pans, right? Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Instead of using a spatula to, like, flatten it, because you can get, like, more Reuben, more panini with this, you take the second uh, pan, even, like, a normal pan, and you press it onto the skillet with the pan, and you get better, like, sear marks. So you bought another pan for pan pressing? Well, no, I'm just using another pan I had. Like, hmm. it, it wasn't bought with that specificity in mind, but, like, I, when you're making a sandwich, you know, you you make it happen. I would like to buy two cast iron pans, one for the pan, another for the press. And I always forget what comedian is in that joke. They're like, you've got to cook with a cast iron pan. It is the same, but you will never get it clean. Yeah, and um, I did this, what did I do? I seasoned this pan before, I think, last week. But I had washed it with soap, and uh, they said don't do that. Yeah, really scrub. Well, they said just don't use like warm, like soapy water. Use just uh, warm water and then scrub it. Yeah, Uh, because you'll get rid of the uh, the oil on it. Yeah, and you got to use that hard side of the sponge. Yeah, so I'm uh, so I'm putting it back in just because I was worried that it may rust or some nonsense. Um, I feel you. What's going on? What's what's Uh, going on? Not much, man. I mean, I was going to ask you how your weekend was, but that feels disingenuous. It is disingenuous. I was was with you. Unless you you just weren't paying attention to me, which is understandable, I guess. (laughs) Which I don't think really happened. I think we we spent plenty of time together in that house. It was a very, very nice, safe, distanced hangout. Um, And what did we do? We played some N64. That was cool. We did. We played a weird amount of N64. I thought that could actually be fun to talk about. Yeah. Um, Yeah. it's uh, it's Monday, July sixth. We're recording late because we went away for Fourth of July weekend with our friends. Got back pretty, pretty exhausted yesterday, so we figured we'd record tonight. Yeah, and before any of you guys are like, "That's bad," don't worry. It was completely safe, socially distanced. It was nice. Yeah. Um, which we also recommend that you do too. Stay safe. But, Rich, how are you? What's going on? What's going Good on, man? Life, man? I'm back to work. Doesn't that suck? Yeah, I mean, it's okay. I, I was having the Monday blues, too, but it went by pretty fast. Actually, did yeah. it uh, storm near you? It looks like it's starting right about now. Like oh. it was, uh, There was some lightning when I was driving home. It was like 3.30, and then all of a sudden the sky just went black, and I was thinking, oh, boy. I can't oh be boy. good. Oh, boy. dog of mine. But overall, I mean, hey, things have been pretty good. Can't complain. The weather's been nice. Yeah, for, for real. But I'm not a meteorologist. I'm here talking I'm, about video games. I'm just a video gamesman. I'm just a video gamesman. And, uh, yeah, I have to say, I'm pretty impressed that I had such a good time with the N64 because when it comes to replayability, I don't, I never really think that a good portion of its library is too, mm. I don't want to say replayable because that obviously is, but you know what I mean. It's like I don't have a yearning to always go back to an N64. I'd much rather go back to, say, well, like a Super Nintendo. They weren't all winners. I mean... Jet Force we, Gemini was terrible. We, yeah, we played around at Jet Force Gemini, and that game does not hold up. That, um, I was... I gotta say, I was really sad. I uh, used to love Jet Force Gemini, and I brought it thinking, yo, this is gonna be it. It's pretty is fun. Is Jet Force Gemini on Rare Replay? Um, If it is, I... I feel like it is. Let's see. Yes, it is. Yes, it, it is. It is, huh? Interesting. And uh, I gotta say, not good. Yeah, it does not hold up. Uh, we had pretty fun with GoldenEye. 
uh, F Zero. Uh, there, there, there were good. Th- we played a little Diddy Kong Racing, which, um, you know, granted, I I feel like I was I'm very that game's so much harder than Mario Kart at times, and I haven't played it in so fucking long. I still had a good time getting my ass kicked though. I mean, yeah, and uh, F Zero X is still ridiculously fun. That game still holds up. Oh hell yeah! Like again, like just thinking about like the minimalist approach with that game, like. Just getting those 60 frames is what makes it feel so fucking satisfying. Oh, yeah. And, um, what was it? Our friend Vinny at the time, he was saying that Nintendo... Or was it you? We were talking about, why don't they just make another F-Zero? Uh, I think, well, I think we were saying, all talking about it. He might have brought it up. And, yeah, like, we were just was, talking about how, like, Nintendo wanted to be more innovative with its titles whenever it gets re-released. Yeah, that's how they always, like, speak. He's right, yeah, that is really their company language, and their, their kind of stance is they don't have any ideas on how to make F-Zero new or interesting, so they're not going to make one. Which I think is preposterous. Anyway, here's Splatoon 3. Yeah, I, I think that's preposterous. Give me back on F-Zero. Yeah. Why do you need to do Why something think- incredibly interesting with a game like F-Zero, which, to its credit, is already incredibly interesting as is? It's one of those things where it's like, I don't understand why you can't go like, well, the formula works, so let's do that. And it's not like there's a ton of people doing things like F-Zero. Yeah. Like, I mean, people who have created, like, fast-paced racers, but F-Zero is the titular, like, future racing game. Well, what I mean, there's the occasional thing. I mean, there's Wipeout, there was Fast RMX was a pretty good F-Zero-like, but, like, it's not like these things are dropping all the time. Mm-mm. And I feel like F-Zero just had, um, unless somebody else makes it one day, I feel like F-Zero just had a fun universe to play with, and uh, they just decided not to explore it <laughs> any further it than they ever an, wanted to. It was a Nintendo-ass universe. Yeah, uh, yeah, and that, like I mean, even so looking at the characters. roster, yeah, the roster, I was like, dude, come on. It's like, why wouldn't you want that? I feel bad. There was another one like that that I played, and I think I reviewed a Destructoid uh, that I had, like, seen, me with an, it wasn't Fast RMX, it was after that. I feel bad, I can't remember the name of it. What oh. was it? Uh, it was another one of those, uh, sort of Wipeout-esque racers. Oh. Well, I, I don't know. Do you even just go into character select or something I like? was just thinking man you have so many cool characters that you could utilize in that universe some of them are just strange some of them are clearly just references like uh, star fox's dad oh yeah james mcleod yeah he, he just, just has a car man. blood falcon you know there's just a lot of cool little cavalcade yeah. of characters and you'll never get to really see it i mean gx gx was cool i still think yeah. x was better than gx as a hot take of the day i think i'd agree with you on that i think gx is the one people remember yeah, I I like GX a lot. I never got I always rented it, never got to buy it and I regret it, but I mean, I like X way more. I don't know. I'm just a I'm an X fanboy. I think it came along in the right time for you. Yeah. Um but I hope they ever do that. But um one of the game was actually pretty good for it. We didn't we get to play Goldeneye. Mario Party. Yeah, GoldenEye was okay. GoldenEye's always okay. I'm really disappointed. Like they had those people knew it was up because they had the cheat code in for Donkey Kong mode. mm mm-hmm. Mhm. Yeah, I know. I love how they called it Donkey Kong mode, too. When you said that, I was thinking, nah, it's, uh, yeah, sure, it's probably just big mode, but nope, but it's nope, Donkey DK Kong mode. mode. Yeah, Donkey Kong mode. Um, but yeah, I mean, the, the 64 had a, lot, a couple of bangers there. Um, For sure. It was okay, though. But I wish oh. I had read, like you, uh, before we left, that they had that there. I would have brought my fucking Snowboard Kids cartridge. Oh, I, I, I did have Snowboard Kids, too. I held it in hand, and then I said, nah. Nah, we're feeling it. I was not. Well, I just didn't care too much about it. Also, it wasn't mine to take. Actually, none of them. To be fair, none of them were mine to take. But Snowboard Kids was something that I got my brother as a gift, I believe, last year for his birthday. Um, Okay. Because at the time, he was collecting 
some of the more rare, I want to say, on 64 carts. And um, Snowboard Kids 2 is definitely up there. Uh, so did I found you, uh, it at a retro game store, and I just bought it for him. I don't know if I... T- did you go down that Snowboard Kids rabbit hole with me like a year ago? Um, I'm not remembering it. Because I... You know what it was? Is when I was cleaning out my closet, and I found like a, a bunch of like games I had packed away in boxes and stuff... I found Snowboard Kids with the original box and manual and everything. Not two, like Snowboard Kids 1. Uh-huh. Um, and I was like, oh, yeah, Snowboard Kids is pretty fucking good. Like, whatever happened there? And, like, I went down the rabbit hole and, like, a bunch of DS games came out, but they weren't good and they completely changed the art style. It's so fucking weird. That's strange. It's very strange. There are at least two uh, Nintendo DS games in the Snowboard Kids franchise. I don't know why. I mean, I remember it pretty fondly. I actually used to love that game when I was renting it from Blockbuster yeah. at the time. One and two, I remember fondly, totally. Yeah, two is great. It took everything from one and just improved it. I was thinking, mm-hmm. man, it's cool. I'll never forget the uh, the logos for either of them or the uh, the cover arts of Snowboard Kids one and two. They're iconic. Yeah, um, and, uh, but I guess exactly. it's dead. Like, yeah, those were like smart character designs, and I love some of the uh, the like the slope designs. Like there'd be like Grass Valley, which is a completely snowless fucking uh snowboard map yeah there's fun stuff yeah that's a good one and um i don't know there's just a lot of good ideas that uh i feel like you you want to know an n64 game i was thinking about the other day too when i got home i found blast corpse and uh i was thinking you know (laughs) when are they gonna make a blast corpse too um because i actually had a good time and and watch me look it up and they have it hold on blast corpse too no, I, I see a YouTube video called Blast Corpse 2, Blast of Mystery. I'm going to say this is fake. I don't think it's real. Um, but why? Blast they they should make another mystery. one. I thought that the N64, for what it's worth, had a lot of differently created, had a lot of different creative titles. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't know. Some of them just didn't stick, I guess. What a shame. What a shame. Because Blast Corpse, you just used to take different, uh, different vehicles. And perform different tasks. And I used Not to fail at that each and every freaking time. And don't you wish you could be failing at it right now? No. No, I don't. Because I'm <laughs> sure if I played it again, I'd be like, no, this sucks. But Jetport Gemini, sucks. I have to say, I remembered it so fondly. I used to think, man, this game was the bee's knees and it held up so well. I put that thing in, it was it, ass. <laughs> it was so bad. And uh, I actually hope that one day they, they revisit that universe because I think, that, again, they just had so many fun ideas for those games. But um, Yeah, the universes are undeniably interesting, but the execution, um, I, I always think, especially the early years, like the early years of uh, 3D graphics are going to always be harder to go back to. We're still, le- they were learning control schemes. Um, some of them just look ugly. Like, to, like you were saying, like you remember the Super Nintendo more fondly. 2D tends to hold up better. Especially today, too, when everyone's just making yeah, their yeah, aesthetic like, and art choices based on that alone. Exactly, exactly. Plus, to your point, it does hold up better. It looks great, too. Some of the animations that people made, you can't, you couldn't even make that back in the day in the 90s. Oh, yeah, no, no. You, you have more options, and like you said, like the idea of the whole look is not... It's not about the access of, po- of power you're getting out of the machine anymore. It's about committing to your vision and the art style you want to go with it's all a choice yeah for sure and um i mean that's even why i want to say symphony of the night is held in such high regard that's that's just sprite work that's just sprite work personified it's beautiful sprite work just holds up so well exactly yeah it's so funny i think we talked about this on the show in the past when you look at um like old previews from like old game informer or whatever 
And when they'll compare, like, uh, Symphony... There was one comparing, like, Symphony of the Night to Doom 64, because they were coming out in the same year. And it's like, when you look at Symphony of the Night, it just doesn't compare to something like Doom 64. And it's like, oh, this 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 critic is digging his own grave. <laughs> well, you know, sometimes he's got to roll yeah. with it. It's like, this piece aged well, huh? Um, also, I don't know. I, I, I don't think we're ever going to... For some of these games, as much as I want some... NCAA, I, that's why... I, you want to know something? That's why I was so genuinely surprised that Pokemon Snap is making a comeback. Because, frankly, when it comes to the N64 titles, I, I don't have, like, the highest expectation for mm. most of those to make returns. Or, I shouldn't yeah. say most, but a few of them. Um, I think Pokemon Snap was, like, it just... That's a concept that just works. I think it makes sense to I mean, go back it didn't to work it. for 20 years, but... I feel like they could make it work. They figured. Well, yeah, I, I get, I get what you're saying. Like they, they almost chose not to make it work, though. But yeah, but, but almost like, uh, like for example, um, what other game? Let me see here. I just want to take a look at the uh, list here. Like say, uh, say Iggy's Wrecking Balls. Mm-hmm. What the hell? Where's that? <laughs> you're not getting one. I'm sorry. That is my one of my favorite games, and uh, just faded into obscurity. I'm sorry, Eric. We're working on ARMS 2. You're going to have to wait. I guess that's okay. Speaking of ARMS as well, remember what game was good on the GameCube? Metal ARMS. Oh, Metal ARMS. You know what? I think I played the Xbox version. Yeah, Glitch in the System. Yeah, I remember that game. Really, Fire really good razor game. Blades. Oh, yeah. And, and when we were playing GoldenEye 2, uh, I was thinking of... Um, was it Die Another Day or something? It was a GameCube title at the time that... Um, also, day, pretty much would. took the formula of James Bond and just wrecked with it. It was great. Like, it, was a a, it was a fantastic bunch, The game. 007 games kept doing it. Oh, it was like, Nightfire. Oh, Nightfire was... There was a few on GameCube. Like, I remember, like, Bloodstone or Blood Diamond or whatever. Nightfire was the one people talk about, though. Nightfire was so good with multiplayer. Is, is Nightfire the one where, in the story, you start off at, like, that party in, like, Russia? Yep, 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 okay, yep. yep, yep. And then you gotta escape on your, uh... On the snowmobile. Yeah, your snowmobile. It was... Let me tell you, that game was great. Talking about James Bond games, hot. It's it, it just crazy. had fun missions, good multiplayer... Mm-hmm. It was great. It's kind of crazy because, like, Bond became such a thing, but it's like no one would pay that much for a license now. They'd just make a game about a spy. Yeah, and frankly, I mean, I feel like even these days now, you could also, I don't know, just make a better story kind of game. I, I, even if I want to play, like, a stealth game like this anymore, I mean, yeah, it doesn't need to be a James Bond game. I mean, you got even you even got Hitman coming out, you know? Like, oh, there, there yeah. are types oh of dude, games. I'm so hyped for Hitman. There are other types yeah. of games that you're playing an agent that you could just do things with and yeah. be sneaky. Like, if I want to go play a sneaking game now at that point, I that's when you I got so introduced to Splinter Cell later on, and I was like, I don't need any super spy type-ish kind of game anymore. Mm. James Bond almost seemed too ridiculous at the time. Oh, yeah, no, it, it, was, it was campy as hell, but, like... It, it, it definitely worked for the time, and like you said, going Nightfire, like, uh, Blood Dumb, uh, like, some of those just worked. And even GoldenEye Source is on Steam now, and that's still just fun. Yeah, I remember you were saying that, stages. too. It pulls in stages from all of them, and just, it, it it's pretty fun. Yeah, with Nightfire especially, I, the reason why I was thinking about it was, I was like, man, I had such a great time with online multiplayer in that game. That game never had an online multiplayer. Yeah, you're just sitting around with people in the It was local group. co-op, yeah, and Talk I, I don't... Crazy. 
I don't have, I mean, I have a few fond memories of local co-op with some games, but Nightfire is definitely one of them. I used to pool around the GameCube and just bust that guy out, and it was great. Um, but yeah, Fun I mean, show. it made me nostalgic for all the older games. I'm like, man, where's the time going? Where does it all go? Where do you put it? Speaking of nostalgia, you know what I started playing this week? Mm. Um, I looked at the calendar and realized Deadly Premonition 2 was coming out. So I finally started Deadly Premonition Origins because I honestly couldn't tell you if I beat that game for sure back in the day. Like, I know what happens, but I don't remember if I beat it. Does that I make guarantee sense? you that a good portion of the player base who did feels the exact same way. <laughs> they probably um, think, like, did I, did I really even complete that game? Or did I just read a Wikipedia article? Or did um, I have a fever dream and just think I did? Uh, you know what? It's kind of crazy, like, starting up, like, the first two hours or so. I forgot that so much of this game is just and you know it is maybe it was probably something i didn't notice like we were in it was in 2010 we were juniors in high school when that game came out and i played it at the time and i was like oh yeah right swery just really wanted to make a twin peaks game didn't he oh yeah and i'm trying to think of other wacky games that were like deadly premonition that kind of just took me for a ride remember that game of what was it I think it was called Geist. Yes, it was. There was a game I called Geist for the GameCube. Uh-huh. I definitely know what it is. It's when like you're controlling the ghost. Think of, like, the negative spirit oh, from Doom right, Patrol. Right. Only yeah, you just yeah. possess people. Okay, yes. That game, when I beat... I still didn't... I was thinking about a few months back, too, because people were talking about, like, a spooky game where you can, like, uh, possess people. And this is always my go-to game to do that. That game, when I was playing it, almost seemed like a fever dream now that I think about it. It's just crazy. It was so weird. It was such a strange game. And at first, it was sold on a simple premise, like, hey, like, even on the back of the box art, I even remember, it says, take possession. And I'm just like, hell yeah, like, let's go possess a fucking mop. And I was like, yeah, let's go do it. And it just got so strange, because then there were aliens, and there was weird bacterial monster things. It it just got way off the rails. Well, that's, I think, the same thing with, like, the intro to fucking Deadly Premonition. Like, it sets up, like, the murders and stuff, but then it literally, like, twin peaks its ass out. Like, the first time you're introduced to Francis York Morgan, they just immediately establish him talking to himself in a car. Which, I always, I, I know, like, where that ends up going, but I always thought it was just like, oh, that's like a twin peaksy, like, you know, like, talking to Diane reference thing. Like, how we'd always be in the tape recorder, like, Diane, today I spoke with the coffee shop waitress. Like... <laughs> Yeah, exactly, and then they're just like, well, enjoy enjoy the game, and you just had a game to just follow all of that. And then, yeah, and then Morgan immediately just, like, crashes his car in the woods and just, like, crawls out, and he's like, well, I better get a move on. <laughs> well, I guess I better go. And the game just proceeds in that nature for the rest of itself, and uh, then when it ends, it just ends, and you're just sitting there wondering. Huh. I was genuinely surprised when they announced the second one. Genuinely surprised. You know what? I was genuinely surprised, and then even more surprised when they're like exclusively on Nintendo Switch. Oh yeah, it's like a one-two punch. They're like, "Hey, not only is it out, but it's gonna be a Nintendo exclusive, and it's not gonna be on other consoles." Um, so there you go. And everyone's just sat sitting there going, "What the fuck?" And then, <laughs> and then, uh, and then they went. Uh, Francis York Morgan is coming to Smash. <laughs> yeah, Sakurai comes out going, "Hey, we got a real treat for all of you." Everyone's just praying for like another Splatoon character or something. It's Deadly Premonition. And they say, yeah, we're really excited to bring this it's widely spe- popular title out. Into Special game. Agent Francis York Morgan is coming to Smash. When I uh, when I looked up Geist, it gave me a Google image for the hit film 
The Ant Bully. The Ant Bully? That's right. It I is, remember and I remember that. this just from the cover alone, because this was for a game, the GameCube. Um, it's when a kid shrinks down to the size of an ant, and memory Proceeds can... Uh, to beat the shit out of his mans. Yeah, uh, memory can definitely uh, keep me correct on this one, because I'm probably wrong, but uh, pretty sure this dude abused the fuck out of the ants. And they're just like, well, if you, if you like it so much, here you go. And then imagine the movie ants, but with the kid also there, and then there's an exterminator. And that's the movie. Sure. I'd watch that movie. Think of, like, the little vampire, but with ants. That seems like a stretch. <laughs> Is it, though? Actually, it's funny you mention that, because now the more I think about it, the more similarities there are. There's a boy who goes in and meets a different race of people, or in this case, just ants, uh-huh. becomes one of them, or at least hangs out with them for a bit, and there is also an exterminator. What, what, what's going on here? What is this? Ooh. Wait, where'd you get that? Um, <laughs> I told them that's the camera because I was playing with it on my desk. I don't know if you remember this. Nick used to send us links. Our friend Nick used to send us links all the time. For like these weird Chinese companies were like, pay $5 to get this blind box one piece bigger. And I did it like three months ago and it came the other day. <laughs> and you got monster chopper form? Yeah. Damn. It's actually nice. pretty nice. I was like, you're going to sit on my desk, boy. Damn. Uh, but I mean, other than the trip to memory lane and you playing Denley Premonition, what's this AC update that you wrote here? What's going on? Uh, the, uh, the Animal Crossing update, which you were, I played it while we were on our trip. Yeah, you went swimming and you just took a dive yeah. and you grabbed some octopus and starfish. There's, a, there's a, a update out, a big summer update for Animal Crossing. They're continuing to trickle content. You can swim and dive and collect uh, seafloor life or bladders now. Um... Uh, they also added a bunch of new bugs in the summer update. Just, you know, things are out for the season, so to speak, that happened to coincide with this on July 3rd. Uh, I, I put a little bit, an hour or two into that, just swimming around. I got a lot of stuff. I just, you know, it's fun to watch the content trickle out in that because it's such a relaxing game to play. Oh, yeah, for sure. And frankly, it's I, I don't even think they have to release another one for quite some It's like Smash. They're not going to need to release another one for quite some time. Yeah, they're just going to trickle content. Yeah. And I'm sure people eventually will get bored of it, as they always would, but... Yeah. Hey, why not? Smash it released, uh, what was it, Min Min? Yes, Min Min is out in Smash, which I didn't even realize that uh, she was already out. Oh, yeah. Uh, but the, the Fighter Pass 2 is officially underway. Yeah, I think it's pretty cool. I, seems pretty the concept cool. of ARMS was always a cool one to me when I demoed it back in a Best Buy. It just, uh, I didn't have a Switch at the time, so I never got it, and then by the time I did, apparently the game was dead. Yeah, you know what it was? I got a Switch on launch, so it was one of, like, the few games to get, and I thought it was really novel for what it was, but it didn't have a lot of staying power. Uh, I fully, uh, I suggest anyone look it up. There's a weird amount of ARMS lore, as there is with a lot of Nintendo stuff. It's a fucking weird universe. How so? Um, if, I don't know if you noticed this, all the characters are wearing, like, domino masks. Yes. Apparently that's tied to their arm-based abilities, like it holds their limbs together. Oh, shit. There's some weird stuff in there. It's like some um, Megalobox kind of stuff only. I remember digging into body. it. Megalobox is so fucking... Ne- Megalobox is on Netflix now. Everyone go watch Megalobox. <laughs> no, wait, come back with arms. No, no, wait, wait, when you're done... I'm sorry. Uh... Like, no, I honestly don't remember the lore at the time, but all these wacky characters, like, apparently their powers, like, I think their bodies will just, like, fall apart if they're not wearing the masks. Like, it's very strange. 
Hold on, I'm gonna pull up Arms lore. All right, give me the lore. I'm gonna give you the lore. Because uh, I, it looked like the game. After I looked into it more, by the time I did have a switch and I found out, oh no, it's like not good. Um, okay, let's see. It looked here. like the kind of game that would benefit from a sequel, and it would end up being much better the second time around with the second iteration. Okay, so here we go. I got this. This is a Polygon article from back in July of 2017, uh, which talks about how uh, Arms has incredibly weird uh, lore. So go. Okay, so I'm gonna just read from here. Arms is Nintendo's most bizarre game based on its premise alone, but the game's Twitter account continues to expand on how strange its backstory is, with the latest update explaining how the sport of fighting with extendable arms came to be. 120 years ago, thanks to the invention of the masks that help fighters maintain their spirally arms, the sport of arms was born. Uh, let's see what else we got here. Um, nowadays, the Arm League gives out these masks free of charge to anyone affected by the arms ability. According to the next post in the thread, which just opens up even more questions, uh, it sounds like these wild elastic arms are some kind of affliction that people are born with, and without the mask they wear, their limbs are totally out of control. So without the mask, they're hopeless. Yes, and then there's a picture, like a drawing, of a man with a mask and his spirally arm being held proudly up in the air, and another man with no mask, and he looks sad and his limp arm is on the floor. Well, that's just rude. <laughs> I love how Nintendo makes this universe, and they all look at it, and they say, yeah, this this is how it should be. Yeah. And it, it's not just, hey, let's wear the mask for fun because we're going to compete in some luchador-type tournament. It's no, let's keep it so that our limbs end up being correct, and they don't end up spiraling out of control. Yeah, that's kind of crazy. That's... And also, like, around that time, back in 2017, was when they added one of the, the uh, last modes where, like, you could play as the game's end boss, Headlock. Headlock has, like, six arms, so what's his story? He has six arms? Yeah. I would like it, knowing Nintendo, they're so dark, he, he ripped the limbs off of other people and collects them like General Grievous, and uh, he controls them with his domino mask. Also, there's a character named Twintel, who her arms are her, like, she has oh, no arms, Twintel. but they're always, cra yeah, it's her hair that punches. What's the, what's with that? Um, so Twintel is a freak. That's it. Oh, okay. Um, also, that update mode where you can play as Headlock, it introduced a tournament into the game where three players fought, and the winner gets Headlock's mask, which transformed them into Headlock. What does that make Headlock? I don't know. This is what I'm talking Where? What kind of stakes are... Why can't Nintendo ever just play for the fun? Like, even in F-Zero. In F-Zero, you could just die. Nobody cares. You're just dead. Well, weren't you racing for, like, the upper class's enjoyment? Yeah, of course. And But listen, when you fall off, you just blow up. When you die in the race, you die for real. Yeah, you die for real. Same with arms. When you take off the mask, you die for real. Well, well it sounds like when you take off the mask, you just do a big sad, because now you got to, like, drag your knuckles around. Yeah, that, I, I would rather be dead. In the <laughs> arms like, world, are you kidding me? Please, sir, just give me the mask. Like some deflated Mr. Fantastic. I didn't know who I was until I put this mask on. Springman is just like, please end me. <laughs> he's just trying. He gets his foot cut. No, he gets a, his arm caught in the door, because he's just trying to go and go home. <laughs> and he, he's just he's stuck there. His arm's caught in an escalator, and he's like, Ribbon Girl, you're gonna have to kill me. Yeah, he goes, please, the pain is too great, but the pain of dying would be less. Just end it. End it all. 
And Nintendo just sits there going, yeah, you know, we're a very family-friendly company. You know, we, we don't mess around. <laughs> don't worry, we'll address this in the 3.0 update. <laughs> <laughs> don't worry, we'll fix it all up. They'll be fine and happy. Uh, pretty, pretty amazing. I like Min Min because her arms are ramen that turns into dragons. Yeah, and she punches you with them. Why not? Um, I just played a little bit more Project Winter last night. I'm planning on being The Last of Us tomorrow? Question cool. mark? Um, I'm going to finally pick up Project Winter this weekend because I plan on playing some of it with you guys. Oh, what am I talking about? I've been playing Sekiro on stream. Oh, you've been streaming Sekiro. That's yeah, you know? right. Why are you saying it like that? No, no, no. I'm saying it like, isn't that nice. I'm, like, I'm saying because I watched you. Yeah. No, uh, Sekiro's cool. Game's hard as fuck. Yeah, man. Actually, I should say the learning curve is a little is a little steep. Um, I think it's harder than most Souls games. Yeah, because there's there's a system to it now. I mean, the Souls games have a system, but Sekiro has a layered system on top of the system. I think it's more different than even Bloodborne. I think that's where the oh for the sure spike starts. It basically, I think that's a good point. I think Bloodborne took the formula, and made it more aggressive, and um, yeah, also more fast paced. Because you can't Which even. I mean, I like you get like board. what one wooden shield in that game if you want it. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know a single person who played Bloodborne who used the shield. Yeah, that's literally just in the game, just to be in the game. I think, but well, to be fair, I know. I, I I know of someone who did it, but it was more of like a, I'm gonna beat Bloodborne using the shield. <laughs> yeah, instead of having the parry for the gun. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, but then Sekiro kind of came in and just implemented its own system on top of it and made it not fa they basically took the system that bloodborne was trying to change slowed it down added deflection and then put the poise system in there mm -hmm. and posture and they kind of put it in this big melting pot and made you feel like a real shinobi the only problem is that I suck so much ass right now that I keep dying to even sub bosses and don't get me wrong I get there like, there are times where I, I use my shinobi tactics, like my pocket ash, or uh, anything else, and I just throw it right in their face. Pocket um, Literally. Like, anytime, uh, if, if I'm ever doing this and I've been on a boss for at least an hour and a half, I just get a lot of ash, and <laughs> just go, well, everybody, we're gonna have to cheese it using the shinobi tactics, and it's literally just throwing pocket ash at them and just killing them. I I remember when I was watching you the the first night, you did that fight in the beginning that you're supposed to lose, but you're talking about a, like you wanted to kind of see if you could like push it and actually technically win it, um, and like it ended up just being a lot of like pocket sand, pocket sand. Yeah, because, <laughs> because like it's not a fight built for you to win. Not at all. And um, I've seen so many videos of people over the year, and this came out when February, I think, of last year. Um, yes. I've seen so many videos of people utilizing the parry system to its fullest potential and just styling all over every single enemy in that game and doing beautiful work. Like, they wouldn't even get hit once. Because um, the synchronization that it takes to basically match each blow when you're about to detect it and know which pattern you're about to get, it's admirable to see that. Um, so I'm trying to get there. It's a lot of fun. I'm kind of just proceeding along. I think I beat three of the main bosses. Um... But away. I'm definitely trotting along and trying to get a little bit further than I used to be. I restarted the game, too, because it was one of those games that I played and then stopped, like, halfway through, I and I couldn't justify going back. I don't think it's a game built for that, because it has such a high learning curve. It's like, it's been too long. I need to, like, it. you need the build-up. Well, also the story, too, and the little nuances to the game. Like, there are, there are little things that are added to the game, whether it's your skills more, or anything else. 
there's more direct story than like a souls game yeah there is and i really really enjoy that part um the story of the game itself it's not it's nothing crazy but it's uh but it's there yeah and i i like the idea that sekiro is a character and not just some uh speechless hollow person or hunter the wolf yeah he's the wolf and people you know i fought lady butterfly She's like, oh, look at the the pups become a wolf, eh? and everyone's just making fun of your ass, and you're just thinking, what the hell, man? And, and then the it, hyenas from the Lion King are there, and they're like, <laughs> yeah, literally, like that little thing from Jabba's Palace too, the, the little guy Salacious who also cackles. Yeah, exactly. And I'm sitting there, a Sekiro, thinking that's not funny. Like, what the hell? And yeah, no, it's just going in and trotting about and trying to kill them, and they keep kicking my ass. But I will say. This is one of the games where when you do beat it, you can call it masochism, but I become so elated when they finally die, and I spend a good two hours on it. I'm just like, hell yeah. Oh, no, it feels amazing, because you're, you're overcoming a pretty significant obstacle. Yeah, and, I, and I'll even be honest, I, it's after, I've only been playing this game for, what, like six hours now? I, gotta get, I understand people a lot more from Sekiro compared to other Souls games, where they say, oh, I, I really don't like this whole trial and error bit, because, frankly... It just gets to be too much. And in the in the past, I used to be, well, you know, Dark Souls isn't that bad. Bloodborne, granted, it's rough. Bloodborne's rough. But Dark Souls, I, I never had too crazy of a time with it. I used to think that the bosses had a lot more a lot more script to them that was easy to kind of navigate through. Dark Souls mm-hmm. 3 DLC and other things pending because that, that was hard as fuck. But um, in Sekiro... It's rough. I mean, sure, there's patterns, and people may even argue, but Eric, it's easier, and maybe I'm just bad, but I think for the first time, I'm understanding. If somebody ever just put this down and was like, nah, fuck this, I, I wouldn't even blame them at this point. It, it's just a rough game all around and a rough kind of uh, genre of games. Totally. Especially if you're I, just not into it. And for the record, I think people agree with you for the most part that a lot of people like walk away from Sekiro going, like, Sekiro is a harder game than Souls games. Yeah. And, um, I mean, I, I at least think so. I think that the learning curve is just a little bit more steep because... I like learning the system. In Dark Souls, when you cheesed it, like, I would cheese a fight sometimes. Um, We've all been there. Yeah. I, I would absolutely cheese fights. Uh, shout out to Four Kings, because th- that was really easy in Dark Souls when I would cheese it every time. But um, there are just some things in Sekiro that make you want to get better. Like, every boss so far that I've faced clearly references or tries to make you utilize a tactic that you have used briefly before. But they're there to really tell you, like, hey, I'm the, I am the counter boss. Like, you, you gotta counter me. Like, if you don't know how to counter, I'm going to train you how to do that. Because if you can't, you're not gonna get past me. And it forces you kind of to learn that mechanic of the game, which is something I really do appreciate. In Dark Souls or Bloodborne, I feel like you could just say fuck it and just get really lucky during a run and just kill people and just call it a day, which you can still do in Sekiro. But yeah. I just feel like Sekiro, to a greater degree, forces that moment of teach. And they say, hey, you gotta get it. Especially because it's the way they structured health in that game, I think, where it's less about the health bars and, like, getting the right parry, and then you can sort of do an execution that doesn't really kill them. It just destroys a bar of health. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then they go another bar of health. It's all centered around that whole posture system. It really is. I mean, you yeah. can beat the shit out of them all the way down if you want, but if you're not kind of uh, deflecting them or breaking their posture, that's the whole point of it. Um... So, so you kind of just got to keep building. Um, and also, not for nothing too, I really like that 
at first I was a little bit resilient to this when I first learned about it from a from from a from software game, but uh the the amount the lack of armor or weaponry that you don't need to kind of switch out and go play the stats game, um, I think that's a really nice little quality of life change that I have enjoyed. Like I like having a wide variety of different main weapons to use in the Souls games, but I feel like Sekiro it's just it's not about that. It's about being a shinobi. So it's of course you're gonna have yeah, you're gonna have one sword, and you're gonna have. I love how you're smiling because I know you're full of it. You're so full of shit. But no, it is. It's like uh, you get this wide different array of like ninja weapons. No, I know but what you're also saying. I just like sword. speaking in cliches. I know, and it was about the journey. The true Sekiro was the friends we made along the way. Um, exactly. But yeah, I'm gonna continue that even tonight. I think. And uh, cool. Yeah, it's just cool. a fun time, but it kicks my ass, and I get frustrated. I get it. I I, I trust me. I get that. <laughs> yeah. Um. Yeah, no, more Project Winter. Uh, I think we, we talked about that, and maybe once I, I play a little, we can get a little more in-depth about the ad conversation. Uh, should I run through the drop? I'd be insulted if you didn't. All right, what's coming to consoles and PC this coming week? Uh, Catherine Full Body hits Switch July 7th. Uh, Super Liminal hits PS4, Xbox One, and Switch July 7th. Cross Code makes its way to PS4 and Switch on July 9th. Bloodstained, Curse of the Moon 2, out of fucking nowhere, comes to PC, PS4, Xbox One, and Switch July 10th. Uh, Deadly Premonition 2, A Blessing in Disguise, comes to Switch on July 10th. F1 2020 comes to PC, PS4, Xbox One, and Stadia on July 10th. Stadia is still a thing, believe it or not. Uh, Story of Seasons, Friends of Mineral Town, comes to Switch in Europe on July 10th. I want to stop at this one, because I don't know if you've heard what's going on here. Nope. Har- that's Harvest Moon. Friends of Mineral Town. Story of Seasons. That's now, when you're saying it's Harvest Moon... I'm saying it's literally Harvest Moon. So why did the title change? Harvest Moon was always called Story of Seasons in Japan. Mm. Um, and also, like, the last stor- uh, Harvest Moon was bad. I bought it, and it was not good. This looks more like a traditional Harvest Moon, and it's adopting its original Japanese title and coming to Europe and the U.S. Nice. That's a great thing, Lem. So yeah, no, I thought it was it was worth. I like it. how it's uh, interesting how it's still just going to be called Story of Seasons. Yeah, it, it's it's a strange change almost, but like I'm like I'm keeping an eye on it. I wonder if people are. I, I bet people are not even going to know. They're just going to come what, upon it one day and they're just going to say, "Oh man, that's Harvest Moon." Yeah, that, that's why I thought it was worth pointing out because I feel like a lot of people don't know. I used to have such a blast with Harvest Moon. Harvest Moon is great, man. Like oh, yeah. that's where a lot of the liking those types of games started for me. That, like, oh, for that's sure. why I was drawn to like the Stardew Valleys of the world. That's why even when uh what was it stupid social media when Farmville or whatever the hell was coming out, I was like, yeah. dude, what the fuck? I'm like, come on. I'm like 20 I'm like not even 15 years ago we had like Harvest Moon, which was so much more than that bullshit. Oh, for sure. It's like, come on. But it was also not made to make money as those games were, so I guess I understand. Mhm. Uh, Sword Art Online Alicization Lycoris, god, anime is annoying, comes to PC, PS4, and Xbox One July 10th. Death Stranding makes its PC debut on July 14th. Neon Abyss comes to PC, PS4, Xbox One, and Switch July 14th. Rocket Arena comes to PC, PS4, and Xbox One on July 14th. And Story of Seasons Friends of Mineral Town will make its way to Switch in the U.S. on July 14th. Friends of Mineral Town. Just friends of... Not residents, friends. We're all just friends here. We're, none of us live here, though. Lovers of Mineral Town. We all make love in Mineral Town. Hi, welcome to Mineral Town. We we all we all greet each other by, by making love. It's pretty, and, it's pretty uh, weird. Collecting minerals. We all have the coronavirus. 
<laughs> Please no. No, 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 no. Because we've been because we've been using the minerals as sex toys. No, please, no. And we all share. Um, diving into get some news. Uh, amongst all the allegations, too, Ubisoft is still under fire, but that's that's to the surprise of nobody. Yes. Um, they say they're shaking up their editorial team, but you know, we'll, we'll see, we'll see what happens. Out. Yeah, we'll, we'll see, see what happens. Yeah, I, I I personally think they're full of shit, but what are you gonna do? Yeah. Uh, Evo's also dead. I thought this was important because the yeah, CEO of Evo crazy. was even called. crazy. Um, oh, for sure. And it started with Mortal Kombat and uh, Street Fighter dropping out, which made you go, like, well, it's pretty much dead. Oh, for sure. And, uh, but it, it's, it was the fucking CEO. Like, the CEO yeah. of Evo, uh, I don't know how to pronounce his name, is Joey Quiller? I don't, I don't know. I'm going to call him Quiller. Right. Sounds like Q, like Q-Ball. But it starts um, with a C, but yeah. I'm just going to say JC. JC okay. here comes in, gets accused of not not only being uh, you know sexually inappropriate and also just a total scumbag, but yeah. he also was paying for underage boys to do sexual things, according to news sources. To which his response was, he's been growing and maturing. Yeah, Dude, and his fucking apology. You're a pedophile. Yeah, and... It's something to be noted where, you know, somebody releases an apology and they're like, hey, man, I'm growing, I'm doing things. I just think that some things you shouldn't apologize. Like, you, you shouldn't you shouldn't even I, release a fucking thing. You should just leave. Just I go. do think there are some things you can't come back from, and being a fucking pedophile is one of those. Yeah, and I'm not saying, like, people shouldn't apologize for that shit. I'm no. just thinking that you, you really just shouldn't. You should just leave. Like Because there over. are cer- certain instances where even I, like, I'd look back and say, like, is the shit I tweet now probably, like, are there probably some weird things I said when I was, like, 19 or 20? Yeah, I was a fucking kid. But, like, some things are, you know, like, dude's a fucking pedophile. Like, yeah. And, uh, before, uh, you know, people jump down the rabbit hole, uh, Game Industry did some, some good reporting on this one, too. Uh, just about how he was dismissed and just gone. Um, they are, I mean... It's something to be said that these are allegations. Nobody knows the true stories just yet. Um, yeah. But for right now, he is under administrative leave. And I, I don't even want to say that he's a pedophile until more info comes out. But, yeah. I mean, if this no, is true. Uh, worth, worth noting. Allegedly, yeah, if this is true. If this pans out, then, fuck like, this dude. that that apology feels, like, ridiculous. Oh, for sure. Imagine. I can't even. I, I, I can't even. It's like you come out and you're like, yeah, I didn't mean to hurt anybody. Like, like no, dude, you, you, you did though. It's like, fucked. But now Evo's kind of done because everybody's been pulling out, um, showing solidarity for everybody as well, which is the right move. Evo Online totally. was canceled. People got their refunds. Um, it's something to be said as to whether Evo will pick back up next year. I personally well, think it will, but what will it look like? Who's to say? Probably people don't want to be affiliated with Evo right now at all. That's just the thing. I could see them changing the name or. Um... I could see another event filling that void. There's a fighting game tournament of that caliber isn't going to just disappear. Well, especially because it was a, it was the CEO. So well, that's the problem. Yeah. So um, is how far at the top it was. Like there needs to be a huge regime change if this company's going to continue forward. Yeah, it's pretty stained right now. So uh, he kind of fucked the whole thing. Uh, but hey, you know, at least it's getting out to light. It's gross shit, but you want to find out about these things, you got to make sure. Um. Also, Last of Us, Naughty Dog devs have been receiving death threats. That's silly. Come on. 
Uh, I don't know if you go. saw the, st- the stuff Laura Bailey, the voice of Abby, shared. Oh, about, I saw like, those. DMs she's getting. If you are a person that would send something like that to someone, reevaluate your fucking life. Yeah, it, it's a. Uh... I won't even repeat some of the shit people said to her here, but it's disgusting. Oh yeah, it's it's so fucking. It's just terrible. It's terrible shit. Like sure. I don't like some games sometimes, and there have been games where I've even gotten really pissed. You're not going to see me going in and telling somebody to go kill themselves. Absolutely not. It's like, at best, I'll just... I'll even I'll even say, Dead Space 3 was shit. I'll say yeah. it. Dead Space 3 was like, shit. They thought they could wing me back by fighting the moon. They really did. And they almost pulled me into... They almost succeeded. <laughs> I was certainly intrigued. <laughs> yeah, they almost did it. I can't even believe it still to this day when I think about it. I was almost ashamed. They were just like, oh, Eric, but you could fight the moon, but they, but get this, it's a necromorph moon. And I said, oh, shit, maybe this is the one. I was but like, I immediately tell... pulled back, and I played right, it, it more. was shit. It was shit, Rich. I know, I played it too, I was there, I was there! But am I going to the devs and hooting and hunting? No, you gotta be a better person. At the, at the end of the day, I, I, I feel bad for people like that, because, frankly, it's like, they, they things must not be going too well for them if they have to go to that behavior, and I, I, I wish everybody the best and just to get some fucking help at the end of the day. Totally. Because I, I, I brush that off, and uh, I think the, the average person does too, and I think it takes a lot of hate to tell somebody to kill themselves, especially let alone over a video game, let alone over being the voice for somebody in a video and it's, game. it's not even, like, they've said, like, worse things. Like, literally, I think one of those things, they were like, I'm going to kill you and your son. Which, it's, it's absurd. It's just absurd. It's absurd. But, Fucking gross. Yeah. Fuck them. And in lighter news, my, uh, my, my friend Pedro's getting a TDV adaptation. Hey, oh, I didn't know that. Uh, yeah, it's getting a TV adaptation by Legendary TV. Uh, it's going to be a rated R dramedy. I am so hyped for this, it's ridiculous. That game is very fucking good. Yeah, um, for those who don't know my friend Pedro, uh, I'll just tell you the very, very high level. Uh, a banana talks to you and tells you to kill people. That's it. And you, and you do parkour and shoot guns. Yeah, while the banana is telling you good work. Think of, uh, like, Ed and Eddie with Plank and Johnny. If Plank really truly told Johnny to just kill people, if, and yeah, Johnny Plank was did. like kill them all, Johnny, and yeah. Johnny had two submachine guns. Yeah, for sure. So uh, keep that all in mind. The Xbox Game Showcase is coming out. Uh, it's been announced for July twenty third. They claim they're going to be showing all their games and goodies, including Halo, <coughs> which is the one people want to see. Yeah, which is the only one people want to see. Um, I guess that's arguable, but not really. And uh, I don't know. I think uh, Xbox knows that it's fucking at this point. A big deal after you know, PlayStation Showcase. Well, you know, in the spirit of what people want to see, we'll probably see Senua also. People want to see Senua. Oh, for sure. It, it looks so... They claim that was in-engine. I want to see it. I... They yeah, claim I, that trailer was in-engine. Let Show it to me. Show Prove it to put me. Your, put, your, it. put your Senua where your sacrifice is. Yeah, what's a, what's, a good, what's a good Senua without some sacrifice, you know? I don't know. I don't know. That game was one of my favorite games of the year when it did release. Um, it's really fucking good. Oh, it was fantastic. I, this is what I mean when you can make a very short, excellent game that doesn't need to do too much or do too little. It was perfect for what it was. The only thing I would change a little bit, maybe gameplay, but which I it's arguable strong... that it really wasn't about that. Yeah, but if anything, I think you'll see improvements on that in a sequel. Oh, for sure. I'm so cu- If anything, I'm just curious. My curiosity is boundless because I have no idea where they're going to go with this. 
to be fair, because part of the um, part of the gameplay was about like the psychological head games it was playing with you. Yeah, when you wore headphones, that was really cool. Yeah, and like even the whole fucking—is it okay to talk about like the weird conceit of the the growth uh, situation on Senua's arm at this point with that game? Yeah, yeah. Because you know, at the time when that game was launching, their whole thing was like every time you die, this like infection creeps a little bit further up your arm, and if it reaches your neck, uh, it deletes your entire file. Yep. That's yep. not actually true, though. Nope. Like they were all. just they were trying to get in your head, which I thought was really cool. Yeah, it wasn't a it wasn't supposed to be a bait and switch. It was more so just an element of the game that was even making Senya with a character freak the fuck out the more it happened. Yeah, exactly. And like it's just that. Like it's a a deception they ploy early on to play head games with the player as well as the character. Yep. Um it just did a lot of things well. I never once felt like I was getting copped out for anything. I thought the experience was as advertised. I thought it was just really cool. Um so I'm excited for it. I think that Xbox le- or Microsoft learned from uh their last showcase that they're actually going to show more gameplay this time, I would imagine. I would think um, so. And especially after PS5 release, pretty much everything and just blew it all at once on the table and yeah, laid it all the on the table off. and said, your move now, I think Xbox is going to pay off in kind, which is also why I really like competition in this industry. I really do. This is what I always talk about whenever people are saying, hey man. I like the friendly competition. Of yeah, it. I like, want universal porting for everything. Yeah, it sounds great, but the, you can't deny competition is fucking based. Yeah, I love it. You get some good. Watch. You get some good. Get some nice friendly showcasing. People try to one up each other, and frankly, I want to see the differences between them. I want Xbox releases. I I need to see what offering we're gonna have for this release to just make me even justify not purchasing it on launch, but maybe long term. I don't know because right now I, I'm so I don't need to. Caught up in the rat race. I am. Because uh, right now, Sony, to quote a very famous movie that should have just died when it was released, um, Sony made me lose all my cool points and just get lost in the game. And, I know uh, exactly where you're going with that. <laughs> and I'm so fucking mad. <laughs> <laughs> it did. I, mean, I, lost all, I lost all my cool points with Sony. And now I'm just tra- I'm lost in the game. Uh, shout out to Bringing Down the House, a, a movie that <laughs> a movie should have... That troubling. Yeah, a movie that... I used to remember fondly as kind of like a friendly comedy. It is, not, It did not age well. Can I tell, without going too in-depth to this, we ended up watching this movie very late while we were away for the weekend with some friends of ours. And all I remember, you specifically brought it up. You couldn't remember the title, though. You described it and looked at me knowingly, somehow knowing that I would know what movie you were talking mm-hmm. about. <laughs> you were the first person I turned to. And the second I did, not even two seconds after, you, you just said it. And I knew you would know it. <laughs> I knew you would oh. know it. Because oh. I was playing like, oh, it's this movie, it's this comedy with Queen Latifah and Steve Martin, and um, I'm like, I... And I looked at Rich, he just goes, bring it down the house? I'm like, yes, exactly. And he just <laughs> lost it. Because he's like, I love how you just knew that I would know. Um, oh. For those of you who have never seen this movie, it's, it's incredibly offensive. Like, we're talking about offensive movie. Here's a nice, tasteful... Here's a nice, tasteful, offensive movie. You know Rush Hour? Great movie. Yeah. Buddy comedy... Of the millennium, okay? You want to talk about, like, tasteful, tasteful, uh, jokes? It's yeah. Rush Hour. It's just Chris Tucker and Jackie Chan riffing on each other and their races and their culture for, like, an hour or for almost two hours. But they're having a fun time. But they are also having a fun time. They're just going into each other. Bringing down the house, however. I would describe as Steve Martin's lowest point. <laughs> some would say it is an introspective study 
on racial differences between the affluent white people and African Americans living in America, I would say that this is one of the most racist movies I have seen of recent memory that is trying to play off as a comedy, which is even stranger because Queen Latifah herself was an executive producer for this film. And I was thinking, why would Queen Latifah make such a movie? And the answer is money. But it's yes. so fucking bad. That dinner scene is hard to get through. Mm. Yeah, and uh, j- just for everybody... Yeah. And I could not. I could not stop my gasp. It was so fucking loud. You were, And then I was laughing out of pure embarrassment. Because I felt so weird about that entire conversation. It, it made me feel so fucking that's uncomfortable. That's not like where the uncomfortableness of that conversation start stops. We don't need to get into it, but oh my god. Oh yeah, it, it was a, it was a rough one. So, if you need some 4th of July uh, introspection there as to how far we go. have come, I see no better movie. I, I think not. Um, do we have any other big, big stuff? No, I, I would say... <laughs> I would say in, gen- in general, I think that that pretty much wraps it up. I think it was a pretty quiet week, honestly. I think so, but... Besides uh, more allegations and other things that are just honestly a little bit of... I'm not going to call them a downer because I don't want to talk about them, but it's just so numerous at this point that I think it's best yes. to just let people just, look into it themselves. Totally. Um, in the next coming weeks, I mean, we'll have stuff to talk about. Um, Ghost of Tsushima and Paper Mario are coming. Deadly Premonition 2 is dropping. Bloodstained Curse of the Moon 2 is dropping. There are games this month so we are going to have stuff to be talking about um, oh for sure but uh my hope is uh to get through deadly premonition origin in the next few days and then i will probably pick up two i can't wait for you to explain it next time and I, say eric I, I, I also have forgotten it as soon as i finished it i think i might end up having to stream too uh i would i would love to see it <laughs> uh i want to go skateboarding as uh morgan i think i think that's that's worth doing. That's worth showing the world. Oh, for sure. I, I guarantee a lot of people, by the time the Deadly Premonition 2 is even released, I bet people didn't even know what the hell it was. Which is, um, in three days. <laughs> well, you better go. The clock is ticking. Clock um, is I'm going to be streaming more Sekiro this week. Cool. I usually just tweet about it. Yeah, which you'll get his Twitter handle if you just hold on tight for another moment. Um, so yeah, Eric usually tweets it. I try and retweet it when I see it. Um, because that's just what you do, you know? You spread spread the love, spread the content. You're a good man. I try. I try to be. Uh, but let me run us into housekeeping so we can get the hell out of here and turn our air conditioners back on. Okay. All right. So, uh, thanks to Ed Biquette for our wonderful intro. Big thank you to Heather Ramos for our lovely logo. Ask us questions. Podcast at gmail.com. Find us on Twitter. Uh, you are at beautiful underscore Eric, and I am at the richmeister Zero. Until next time, it's been our pleasure to be here. Eric, thanks for hanging out. As always, Rich, and everybody, have a good rest of the week. Stay cool.